Hey everyone, welcome to the Tried and Truly podcast, where you'll find encouragement, community, and biblical truth from the God that truly never fails. Let's get started. Hey guys, you're tuned in to the Tried and Truly podcast. This is episode 14, and today we're kicking off our second season, so we are super excited to be back. Today, we're going to be talking about embracing change and learning to let go and trust God, especially when it comes to our kiddos. I'm so excited too, Michelle. I have been counting down the weeks as we prepared for season two. And for both you and I, we've had big and little changes take place over the last Mm -hmm. few months. Michelle, you and your family welcome this most handsome blue-eyed baby boy (laughs) into your family. And then I sent off my firstborn daughter to her freshman year of college. Today is actually seven days since we hugged her goodbye for the last time. So we have, like everyone else, I'm sure, experienced both highs and lows over the last few months. But God has truly been faithful through it all. Yeah, yeah, we brought home our new little man, Everett, and he's doing awesome. He's five months old now. My big boys just love him so much, and he's brought a lot of just fun and excitement to our house, so we're really grateful for that. Um, It's definitely been a big transition. Don't get me wrong. Um, Not as much time for mom to do things for the big boys, but luckily they're learning important skills like getting their own snacks. Um, (laughs) They can get a bowl of chips, so... And they don't slice up apples, though, because that would be dangerous. So um, I'm just learning to relax a little more in that regard. And, you know, I think by the third time, you just kind of let go of a couple things and relax a little. So, um, Laura, you probably just need to have a third kid, and then you'll become super calm (laughs) and chill, and (laughs) it'll do it for you. (laughs) Well, I kind of did. I, um, In preparation for my going to college, for Christmas, I gifted myself a dog. And I had to prepare myself in the months leading up to sending her off. And I really don't think she feels great about being replaced by a dog. But (laughs) Hazel is definitely a third child for us. She's so cute. (laughs) She really is. (laughs) And I know, um, Michelle, you and Kevin planned, prayed so diligently as you guys prepared for Everett to join your family. And as a mom of three, you had it probably – figured out in a pro, but I'm just wondering, (laughs) any surprises, any differences with number three? You know, it's just been so surreal. Like we look at ourselves, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we have a baby. You know, like Colin was born, he's seven now. So, and Parker's five. So it's been five years since we had a baby in the house. Um, So it's just, I feel like it's been really fun. Like I'm able to have more fun this time around and kind of relax, you know, a little, like I was saying. Um, But we've had a lot of changes otherwise. Like Parker, he's um, my middle child now. He's going to kindergarten. So that's been a Mm -hmm. huge jump for him. And with both boys, you know, doing remote school for so long, I thought that sending them back to school would be like the happiest day of my life, you know, but it was actually uh, really sad and weird to have them out of the Mm -hmm. house. So, So that was a big surprise. Like I didn't expect to have feelings of sadness in them leaving. I just knew I was going to be so happy for them to get out of the house right. finally and for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a, it's been a mix of emotions, but um we, we you know, we've adjusted pretty well to the change and we enjoy the quiet days while the boys are at school. So it's been really nice, but 
I'm sending a kindergartner off to elementary school, Lori. You dropped a kid at college. So that's like <laughs> a million times as crazy as what I've been doing. So tell me like what the, what that's been like for you. Well, she has officially left the nest. Um, you know, first and foremost, I am so incredibly proud of her. She's always wanted to live in the big city and um, she picked out the school of her dreams up mm. there in Chicago. And I was so proud because even though she didn't know anybody else going to this college, she went anyway. Mm. And so to me, I'm like, as a mom, I just feel so proud that, you know, she set goals and she's incredibly brave and determined to say, I'm going to step out on my own. And she was ready. I, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> I had 18 years to prepare for that day, and it was still <laughs> so incredibly hard. In yeah. um, the weeks leading up to it, I was just like a roller coaster of emotions. I felt completely secure in her knowledge that God is her great protector and that he had endless love and has endless love for her. Mm -hmm. But many times I felt so sad that our lives were changing. This baby that I had loved and cared for for the last 18 years mm -hmm. was no longer in my daily care, in my daily control. And now I have this empty bedroom in our mm -hmm. house. Um, Hazel know, just got her own room. Yeah, Hazel got her own room. I actually <laughs> caught her standing outside of Maya's door just with this look <laughs> on her face the other day. And I was like, baby, I feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, um, what color should I paint the walls? <laughs> but the interesting thing was, even though I felt sad about it, I felt so selfish for feeling that way. I didn't expect to feel sad. I mean, we specifically prayed for God's help in raising a teenager. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we prayed her through the, the high school years, her getting her driver's license, and boy, is that scary. And really just praying through the college applications and that he would provide a way for us financially for her to go to school. And then bam. Face to face, I'm just overwhelmed with the sadness, and I really didn't expect to be sad. Yeah, and I think those feelings of sadness, it's completely normal. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we are putting our kindergartner on the school bus for the first time, or we're sending our firstborn off to college, you know, <laughs> we love our kids so much. It's only natural to feel that way. And I think that in instances like that, it's helpful to look to the Bible and to remember that God has good plans for our child. And specifically in the story of Moses in Exodus, we can see a demonstration of, of a mother's love that is so strong and also how God has greater plans for our kids than we could ever really know. Yeah. So if we look at the story of Moses, um, you know, he was born to Hebrew parents that were enslaved by the Egyptians. And at that time, Pharaoh had ordered all Hebrew baby boys to be thrown into the Nile River to keep the Hebrews from growing in numbers, which it's completely unfathomable. And, you know, as a mom, I can't even imagine how Moses's mother must have felt. So she hatched a plan to keep him safe. She hid him for three months. And then when he was getting too big to hide, she built a basket and placed it on the Nile Riverbank, where she knew that he would be found by Pharaoh's daughter. His mother also had Moses' sister sit by and watch over him. And when Pharaoh's daughter found Moses, his sister, who was 
waiting by and watching came over and offered to go get a Hebrew woman to look after Moses. And of course, that Hebrew woman that she went to go get was Moses's mom. So Moses's mother was reunited with her son and Pharaoh's daughter offered to pay Moses's mom to take care of him until he was old enough to come and live in the palace as Pharaoh's daughter's son. So just like that, Moses became Egyptian royalty. And it just shows that, you know, God has this elaborate plan that is so much bigger than anyone could ever imagine. Uh, God needed Moses, you know, right where he was Mm -hmm. on the banks of the Nile that led him to the palace that ultimately led to God's plan for Moses to lead the Israelite people out of slavery. Yeah, that is such an incredible story. And to think that that is just the beginning Mm -hmm. of Moses's life and all that God had in store for him and the ways in which God used Moses. Um, But I can't quit thinking about his mother and how she must have felt. I mean, she was putting her baby among the reeds of the bank of the Nile River. I mean, there are crocodiles in that thing. (laughs) And I can't imagine because I, I mean, today launching our kid into society, that can be almost as nerve wracking as the Nile River. (laughs) Right, right. So it's like, how can we respond instead of with fear and anxiety in our heart? How can we respond with a heart of trust? Well, I think taking a moment to really step back and reflect on why do we have this anxious heart and why do we feel fearful when it comes to really letting go? And it's hard because we just have this intense, deep love for our kids. Right. And it's the type of intensity that just the mere thought of something not being okay for our kids or with our kids literally sends heat waves <laughs> down across our body right. and instantaneously can just bring us to tears. Yep. Um, and it's that love, when we reflect on it, it's so intense, but it's such a beautiful gift from God. Mm. And it's just a true blessing that he has given us the gift to serve as an example to us of his love for us. Like Mm -hmm. what we feel for our children, it's nothing in comparison to how God loves us and how he loves our precious children. Mm -hmm. And that always helps me just kind of take comfort in that. Luke 12, 7 really demonstrates that God specifically created us, designed us, loves us. It says that in every hair on our head are numbered. And that we shouldn't be afraid, that we are more valuable to God than even an entire flock of sparrows. And I just love that. Mm, I love that. I do too. Another one that really helps me when I'm feeling fear and, you know, sadness. I mean, the inclination to trust is not always the first thing you go to. Like I'm going Mm -hmm. to, oh, I'm so sad. This is happening. I'm so scared. But Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. And I love do not rely on your own understanding because as moms, like we're trying to control everything. We're trying to understand every single little thing that's going on with our kids and think we can make it right based on something we can do. But it's really trusting in the Lord with all your heart. And when we do that and think about him, he will guide us on the right path. It's not ourselves 
gui- it's not yeah. us guiding our kids. It's, right. it's him guiding us and him guiding our kids. So, you know, it's easy to trust God when everything's going well. But like we talked about, how can we trust in God when things are scary or um, uncertain? And I think that the first thing we can do is reflect on God's faithfulness in the past and think of all the good things that God has already done for us and things that he has delivered us from in difficult times. And just remembering that and trusting in that, he's going to do it again. He's promised us that that everything that is happening to us, he's working good through every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we trust in God, second thing, trust in his word. So when we get in the word and we see like in Joshua 1.5, God tells Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, never forsake you. Never. Never. And that's not just for us. Like when I read that, I think of it in the lens of, oh, he's going to do that for me. But it's not just for me. It's for my kids too, you know, and that brings comfort as a mom. And then in the New Testament, the same sentiment is echoed in Matthew twenty twenty eight. Jesus tells us he'll be with us to the end of the age. And I love that phrase. Like, no matter what we're going through, God is with us. He's not leaving. And he's not leaving our kids either. Yeah. And then the third thing, I think we just have to remember to pray, 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 pray that God will be with us and that we can be able to trust in him through scary things. That's really good. I love all three of those, Michelle. The third one, pray. It seems so simple. It really does. Yet with this whole situation of sending Amaya off to college, I missed the spiritual boat on that. (laughs) And now I look back and I'm like, how did I not know to pray about it? But it wasn't, I wasn't praying for myself. And that's where I missed Mm -hmm. it. Because Michelle, you probably remember this moment all too well. But a couple weeks ago, we were um, doing our couples Bible study, and it came time for prayer request time. And you were actually in the midst of sharing (laughs) your heart about how it was difficult with the transition and the boys going back to school and Parker going to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and and a huge change. And then in the middle of that, I like burst <laughs> into tears. Um, I think you were over in the corner and I noticed you were crying. I was like, oh, Lori, do you want to jump in here? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so embarrassing. It was one of those ugly cries where like no. all the women are frantically looking around like, does anybody have a tissue here? And then <laughs> the husbands are looking at Chad like, bro, sorry, dude. <laughs> they had this very empathetic, like, mm, long week for you, yeah. for sure. Empathetic and but, a little scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but later that night, you and I were texting back and forth. And you said something to me that was like, boom, instant clarity. You said, have you specifically prayed about your sadness? And I like stepped back and I'm like, no, like I prayed for Amaya to get into college. I prayed she'd find a good roommate. I prayed that she wouldn't feel nervous, but I never really prayed for my sadness and Mm. what I was going through. And for some reason, I guess I felt like one, I had asked God to get us here. So it was kind of selfish then for me to be asking for him to take away my sadness. But then also I was like, I kind of wanted to hide my sadness because I didn't want to seem ungrateful Mm -hmm. for how, you know, he's provided through this. And 
you know, if prayers have priority, I definitely wanted him to take care of Amaya first. So it quickly came to me that, you know, God designed us to have a range of emotions. Yep. He gave us feelings and emotions for a reason. And even Jesus wept. Right. You know, and God certainly didn't want me to carry around sadness and burden alone. Mm. And for me, that felt like a turning point. You know, I started to pray and I prayed for myself over the next few days. And I gave myself permission to feel that range of emotion and to be able to do so simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be both excited and sad and proud and grateful all at the same time. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how you said you wanted to hide away those feelings and mask them with the gratefulness and all those things because – like we can't hide nothing. We know in truth, nothing is hidden from God. He sees you. He sees me. He knows exactly what's going through our head and what we're feeling. We can't hide our feelings from him. And that's comforting to me because we don't have to be afraid or worried about, right. you know, oh, I don't, I don't know how God's going to react to this if I pray this to him. He already knows what we're going to pray. He already knows how you're feeling. Um, And he wants us to cry out for help to him. Literally cry out. Yes. (laughs) And like, I just think of it as, you know, if one of our kiddos is hurt or sad, we rush to them. We drop what we're doing. We want to help them. And God wants to rush to our side and help us in our hurt and sadness. And not even rush to our side because he's already there, you know, Mm -hmm. like he never left. And we just have to be aware of his presence and his ability to comfort us and just grab hold of that and ask him, you know, to, to bring that, bring that comfort from our sadness, whatever it may be. And I really like, um, first Peter five, seven tells us to cast all our anxiety on him, um, because he cares for us. Throw all of your cares on him. And it's not just one time. It's like every day, you know, I wake up and start, if I start worrying or start spiraling about something, remember that verse because God cares for us. And he doesn't want to, like you said, he doesn't want us to walk around with sadness and anxiety. He wants us to give, literally cast that on him, give it to him so we can be comforted in his, in his care and his love. And I think that's, that's so awesome. You're so right, Michelle. We need to fight against those anxieties and worries and fears and just take comfort in the fact that God has great plans for us. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And that just takes me back to the story of Moses that you shared earlier. The plans that Moses's mother had for him were so small in comparison to what God had in store. You know, simply letting go means letting God, and we can step back and appreciate his greatness. I love that. And always remember to put a Kleenex in your pocket. (laughs) For the friend that's going to have a slobber fest. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tried and Truly Podcast. Please subscribe and check us out at triedandtrulypodcast.com to connect with us, see our show notes, and much more. See you next time.